Hello everyone, hello Marhavibis and Marhavibikas. I am so glad that you all are here with me on another episode in this wonderful series of When Things Fall Apart, Hard Advice for Difficult Times by the renowned Miss Pima Chadron. Um, throughout the Shambhala Classics. And and really, ultimately, if this is your first time um, joining me here, really overall, this series has to do a lot with Buddhism and compassion. And um, the reason why I'm here to present this information to you all is because um, I'm starting to live by these measures. Um, I've always lived by the compassion and respect and honesty. However, I think I needed to dig a little bit deeper into myself. And so I've brought you along with this journey along with me um, to help you all um, with your, how can I put it, your mental values, <laughs> or help you mentally and spiritually, okay? So this is the reason for my podcast, and this is the reason why I present this information to you all, so I hope you enjoy it, I hope you pull something from it, because it's only to help bring value to your life. So I'm going to start this episode off by saying, episode 14, the main point of these methods is to dissolve the dualistic struggle, our habitual tendency to struggle against what's happening to us or in us. These methods instruct us to move toward difficulties rather than backing away. We don't get this kind of encouragement very often. Now, what we're going to go into, folks, we're talking about three methods for working with chaos. Three methods for working with chaos. Very, very important. Because as you all know it, we deal with chaos every day. We deal with chaos every day. You know, all throughout our lives we deal with chaos. When we wake up, when we go to work, maybe when we go to school, when we drive to the store. It's some form of chaos. But we're going to run into chaos every day. and Probably until the end of our lives, we're going to run into some form of chaos. And, and some chaos is good chaos. Some chaos, like, you need to have it. Like, oh my God, this is wonderful. And then you have, of course, the majority of bad chaos, I would say. So jumping right in, we practice to liberate ourselves from a burden. The burden of a narrow perspective caused by craving, aggression, ignorance, and fear. We're burdened by the people with whom we live, by ongoing daily situations, and most of all, by our own personality folks through practice we realize we don't have to obscure the joy and openness that is present in every moment of our existence we awaken to basic goodness our birthright when we're able to do this we no longer feel burdened by depression worry or resentment life feels spacious like the sky and the sea There's room to relax and breathe and swim, to swim so far out that we no longer have the reference point of the shore. How do we work with a sense of burden, I ask? How do we learn to relate with what seems to stand between us and the happiness we deserve, I ask? How do we learn to relax and connect with fundamental joy, I ask? Times are different. Times are different. Times are crazy and times are difficult globally. Awakening is no longer luxury or an ideal. It becomes critical. We don't need to add more depression, more discouragement, or more anger to what's already here. It's becoming essential that we learn how to relate sanely with difficult times, folks. The earth seems to be 
beseeching us to connect with joy and discover our innermost essence. This is the best way that we can benefit others. There are three traditional methods for relating directly with difficult circumstances as a path of awakening and joy. The first method we call no more struggle. The second, using poison as medicine. And third, seeing whatever arises as enlightened wisdom. These are three techniques for working with chaos, difficulties, and unwanted events in our daily lives. I want you all to seek that information in for just one quick moment. Grab your seats tight because the information is just going to get better. I need you all to grasp this. This is the reason for this series. So we're going to go into a brief break and very, very brief. And please, please hold your seats. We'll be right back. So we left off by talking about first, what's the three methods for working with chaos? Number one, no more struggle. Number two, using poison as medicine. And number three, seeing whatever arises as enlightened wisdom. The first method, no more struggle, is optimized by Matha Vipassana instruction. We're just going to call it math and instruction for right now. When we sit down to meditate, whatever arises in our minds, we look at directly, call it, we call it thinking and go back to the simplicity and immediacy of the breath. Again and again, we return to pristine awareness, free from concepts. Meditation practice is how we stop fighting with ourselves, how we stop struggling with circumstances, emotions, or moods. Now, this basic instruction is a tool that we can use to train in our practice and in our lives. Whatever arises, we look at it with a non-judgmental attitude. This instruction applies to working with unpleasantness and its myriad geezes, whatever or whoever arises. Train again and again in looking at it and seeing it for what it is without calling it names, without hurling rocks, without averting your eyes or, you know, rolling your eyes. Let all these stories go. The innermost essence of mind is without bias. Things arise and things dissolve forever and ever. That's just the way it is, folks. Again, if this is your first time here in this series, if you go back to my other series, I always talk about impermanence. On our breaks, I talk about impermanence, the goodness in reality. That's whether or not it's good or bad. Don't ever forget it. I never stop talking about impermanence and groundlessness is very important. Groundlessness, if you're not sure what groundlessness is, it's also in my other episodes. But groundlessness is when you're not looking for things to hold on to, in simple words, okay? We're not looking for a babysitter here. We're not, we need to stand on our own two feet. We don't need to look for something to stand on or to hold us up. This is the primary method for working with the painful situations, global pain, domestic pain, and any pain at all, impermanence and and groundlessness. We can stop struggling with what occurs and see its true face without calling it the enemy. It helps to remember that our practice is not about accomplishing anything, not about winning or losing, but about ceasing to struggle and relaxing as it is. If you want to know what I'm referring to when I say practice, I know it's a little bit obvious, but when I refer to practice, I'm saying Buddhism. Our practice as Buddhists, as Buddhism.
That is what we are doing when we sit down and meditate. That attitude spreads us into the rest of our lives. It's like inviting what scares us to introduce itself and hang around for a while. As Malarepa, Milarepa, let's say Milarepa, sang to the monsters he found in his cave, it is wonderful you demons came today. You must come again tomorrow. From time to time, we should converse. We start by working with the monsters in our mind, and we develop the wisdom and compassion to communicate sanely with the threats and fears of our daily life. Now listen, the Tibetan yoganini, Mashid Labdron, was one who fearlessly trained with this field. She said that in her tradition, they did not exercise demons. They treated them with compassion. You hear that, folks. They didn't exercise, like, they didn't exercise them like exorcists, you know, demons. They treated them with compassion. The advice she was given by her teacher and passed on to her students was, quote-unquote, approach what you find repulsive, help the ones you think you cannot help, and go to places that scare you. This begins when we sit down and meditate and practice not struggling with our own mind. The second method of working with chaos is using poison as a medicine. We can use difficult situations, poison as fuel for waking up in general. This idea is introduced us and is introduced to us with toggling. I talk about toggling in my other episodes as well. When anything difficult arises, any kind of conflict, any notion of unworthiness, anything that feels distasteful, embarrassing, or painful, instead of trying to get rid of it, we breathe it in. That's toggling. Breathe it in. Take it in. Ties into impermanence. We see the goodness in reality. It ties into groundlessness. We don't look for somebody else to help us out of it. We stand our we stand our own ground. We hold our own ground. Take that in right there. Now pause right there. We got some more special stuff coming up. Hold your seat tight, okay? Because this is just getting good. Now, as we finish talking about tongling, we're going to go into the three poisons or passion. This includes craving or addiction, aggression, and ignorance, which includes denial or the tendency to shut down or close out. We will usually think of these poisons as something bad, something to be avoided, but that isn't the attitude here. That isn't the attitude here. Instead, they become seeds of compassion and openness. When suffering arises, the Tonglin instruction is to let the storyline go and breathe it in, not just the anger, resentment, or loneliness that we might be feeling, but the identical pain of others who in this very moment are feeling rage, bitterness, or isolation. We breathe it in for everybody. This poison is not just our personal misfortune, our fault or our blemish or our shame. It's part of our human condition. It's our kinship with all living things, the material we need in order to understand what it's like to stand in another person's shoes, folks. Instead of pushing it away or running from it, we breathe in and connect with it fully. We do this with the wish that all of us could be free of suffering. Then we breathe out, (sighs) sending out a sense of big space, a sense of ventilation, of freshness. We do this with this wish that all of us could relax and experience the innermost essence of our mind. We are told from childhood, childhood 
that something is wrong with us, with the world, and with everything that comes along. It's not perfect. It has rough edges. It has a bitter taste. It's too loud. It's too soft. It's too sharp. It's too wishy-washy. We cultivate a sense of trying to make things better because something is bad here. Something is a mistake here. Something is a problem here. The main point of these methods is to dissolve the dualistic struggle, our habitual tendency to struggle against what's happening to us or in us. Impermanence, folks. These methods instruct us to move toward difficulties rather than backing away. Impermanence, folks. We don't get this kind of encouragement very often. Everything that occurs is not only usable and workable, but is actually the path itself. We can use everything that happens to us as the means for waking up. We can use everything that occurs, whether it's our conflicting emotions and thoughts or our seemingly outer situation, to show us where we are asleep and how we can wake up completely. This is why I have my channel. Awake and live again, folks. Awake and live against impermanence. Start seeing the goodness in your reality. We can wake up completely, utterly, without any type of reservations. So the second method is to use poison as a medicine, to use difficult situations to awaken our genuine caring for other people who, just like us, often find themselves in pain. As one Lo Jong slogan says, when the world is filled with evil, all mishaps, all difficulties should be transformed into the path of enlightenment. That's the notion endangered in, in here. That's the notion. The third method for working with chaos is to regard whatever arises as the manifestation of, of awakened energy. We can regard ourselves as already awake. We can regard our world as already sacred. Traditionally, the image used for regarding whatever arises as the very energy of wisdom is the charnel ground. In Tibet, the charnel grounds were what we call graveyards but they weren't quite as pretty as our graveyards. The bodies were not under a nice smooth lawn with little white stones carved with angels and pretty words. In Tibet, the ground was frozen, so the bodies were chopped up after people died and taken to the charnel grounds, where the vultures would eat them. I'm sure the charnel grounds didn't smell very good and were alarming to see. They were eyeballs and hair and bones and other body parts all over the place. In a book about Tibet, I saw a photograph in which people were bringing a body to the Charnel ground. There was a circle of vultures that looked to be about the size of a two-year-old children, all just sitting there waiting for this body to arrive. Perhaps the closest thing to a Charnel ground in our world is not a graveyard, but a hospital emergency room. That could be the image for our working basis, which is grounded in some honesty about how the human realm functions. It smells, it bleeds, it's full of unpredictability. But at the same time, it is self-radiant wisdom, good food, that which nourishes us, that which is beneficial and pure. Regarding what arises as awakened energy reverses our fundamental habitual pattern of trying to avoid conflict, trying to make ourselves better than we are, trying to smooth things out and pretty them up, trying to prove that pain is a mistake and would not exist in our lives is only what we did all the right things. This view turns that particular pattern completely around, encouraging us to become interested in looking at the charnel ground of our lives as the working basis for attaining enlightenment. Often in our daily lives, we panic, we feel heart palpitations and stomach rumblings because we are arguing with someone or because we had a beautiful plan and it's not working out. How do we walk into these dramas? 
I ask, how do we deal with those demons, which are basically our hopes and fears, I ask. How do we stop struggling against ourselves, I ask. Matchin Ladrone advises that we go to places that scare us, but how do we do that, I ask. We're trying to learn not to split ourselves between our quote-unquote good side and our quote-unquote bad side, between our quote-unquote pure side and our quote-unquote impure side. The elemental struggle is with our feeling of being wrong, with our guilt and shame at what we are. That's what we have to befriend. The point is that we have... We can dissolve the sense of dualism between us and them, between this and that, between here and there by moving toward what we find difficult and wish to push away, folks. In terms of everyday experience, these methods encourage us not to feel embarrassed by about ourselves. There is nothing to be embarrassed about. It's like eth- ethnic cooking. We could be proud to display our Jewish matzo balls or Indian curry or African-American chitlins or middle American hamburger and fries. There's a lot of juicy stuff we could be proud of. Chaos is a part of our home ground. Instead of looking for something higher or purer, work with it just as it is. The world we find ourselves in, the person we think we are, these are our working bases. This charnel ground call life is the manifestation of wisdom the wisdom is the basis of freedom and also the basis of confusion in every moment of time we make a choice which way do we go i ask how do we relate to the raw material of our existence i ask these are three very practical ways to work with chaos. No struggle, poison as medicine, and regarding everything that arises as the manifestation of wisdom. First, we can train in letting the storylines go. Slow down enough to just be present. Let go of the multitude of judgments and schemes and stop struggling. Second, we can use every day of our lives to take a different attitude towards suffering. Instead of pushing it away, we can breathe it in with the wish that everyone could stop hurting. With the wish that people everywhere could experience contentment, contentment in their hearts. We could transform pain into joy. Stop and think about that for a second. We can transform pain into joy. Third, we can acknowledge that suffering exists, that darkness exists, the chaos in here and the chaos out there. This is basic energy, the play of wisdom. Whether we regard our situation as heaven or as hell depends on our perceptation. Or our perception, I apologize. Finally, can we relax and lighten up, I ask you? When we wake up in the morning, we can dedicate our day to learning how to do this. We can cultivate a sense of humor and practice giving ourselves a break. Every time we sit down to meditate, we can think, of it as training to lighten up, to have a sense of humor, to relax. As one student said, lower your standards and relax as it is. Folks, this is one episode that has struck me out of many of my episodes and I promise you that I can feel you from here that it has struck you as well. Make sure that you tune in for the remaining episodes of this series of when things fall apart 
I believe we have approximately about two to three of three more episodes left in this series. You guys are going to miss this series when I'm done with it, but I got much more coming. It's, gonna, it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's going to keep coming. Uh, but I'm going to give you all a sneak peek into our next episode. Are you guys excited about that? The trick of choicelessness. We don't experience the world fully unless we are willing to give everything away. Samaya means not holding holding anything back, not preparing our escape route, not looking for alternatives, not thinking that there is ample time to do things later. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That is our little sneak peek into the next episode. It's going to be very interesting, the trick of choicelessness. So we've talked about impermanence. We've talked about groundlessness. We are going to talk about choicelessness on our next episode. I appreciate you guys. I am honored and pleased that you all take the time, your 21 to 25 minutes out of your day in order to listen to me and take in all this valuable information to help your mind and your spirit. And, um, take take heed with it just run with it doesn't matter where you're at or you know maybe driving at work wherever the case may be if it's your first time here please make sure you check out the other episodes um and just take mind of it also check out something more excavating your authentic self series that's a wonderful series as well especially for the ladies for everybody but especially for the ladies and for the ladies 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 check out my daily nightly scenes episodes those are very very good as well and for the parents who just need some extra little extra little um what i call it oomph (laughs) check out my series on therapy for parents um it's a series that's a little bit more newer than the other series um but there's going to be a new episode coming out very shortly i can't pinpoint the date but it'll be coming out very shortly hopefully tomorrow um because I am human like you all and um, I gotta definitely fit in um, all the time to make sure that I get on all this valuable information to you all as well and also be able to keep my sanity and uh, keep a good good sleep so um, I appreciate you all and may peace be with you all and in the lovely Arabic may peace be with you all again Ashlam Thank you.